Hello, hello everyone. I hope you all are doing well. It's so uh, good to be back with you. Um, I'm looking forward to this time of sharing the Word of God. And, you know, His Word always brings life and light to us. And I just embrace that and trust that uh, you will benefit from this today. <clears throat> well, did you know that here in the United States where I live, we have a thing called freedom of speech? The Constitution says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Did you know that um, even though the citizens of the United States have a guarantee of freedom of speech, there are also restrictions on speech uh, from the Constitution of the United States. There is speech that is not protected by the United States Constitution, such as incitement, defamation, fraud, obscenity, child pornography, threats, libel, slander, and lying under oath. And there are other many, many, many other examples, such as what we can or can't say in the scope of our employment, what we can do or say on our, our right on government property. So there's, even though in the United States we have freedom of speech, there are restrictions on it. You know, as human beings, God gave us breath, he gave us lungs, he gave us vocal cords, he gave us a mouth, he gave us a brain, all the things that we have that are necessary for speech. And we have the ability to say whatever we want but we could face legal consequences if we say or uh, write, you know, it includes what we write, something that's illegal according to our own constitution. You know, we also may face consequences in our personal relationships or in our workplace or whatever uh, for what we say, whether it be good or bad. <clears throat> so my question to you, you know what we know, we, what, we know what we have in the United States, but what do we have as Christians? As Christians, do we have freedom of speech? <clears throat> As Christians, we do not have the approval from God to say whatever we want or whatever comes to our mind or whatever flies out of our mouth. We don't have the permission to say whatever we want. God tells us over and over and over again in Scripture about the responsibility we have over our own words. Scripture tells us that our words can bring life to people or our words can bring death to people. Our words can spread love or promote strife and fear and anger and hatred. Our words can spread lies and gossip or our words can spread truth and peace and love and healing. In Proverbs 18:21 in the Amplified Bible, Proverbs Proverbs 18:21, it says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue." And they who judge it shall eat the fruit of it, whether for death or for life. So our words are powerful vehicles for life, bringing life and health and healing to people. Or our words can be very powerful vehicles for destruction and destroying people and bringing hate. Jesus said, Jesus himself said in Matthew 12, 37, in the Amplified Bible, it says, for by your words will be, you will be justified and acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned and sentenced. Wow. So that puts a new perspective on how important our words are. Those two scriptures 
that's all I need to say. And that would, that would uh, set us straight for, for the rest of our lives if we kept those two things in mind. So we can see that our words, according to Jesus, are involved in our internal, our eternal judgment. Because it says, by your words, you'll be justified and acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned and sentenced. Well, what in the world does that mean? You know, if I slip up and say something wrong, am I going to hell? In Romans 10, 9, Romans 10, 9, in the NLT, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Wow. So what we say with our mouth has an effect on our eternal salvation. We can see here in this scripture in Romans 10, 9, that our hearts and our mouths are totally and completely tied together. So if we're saying lovely and life-giving things with our mouths, it means that our hearts are probably right with God, don't you think? If we're saying hateful and vengeful and and ugly things to people or about people, it probably means that our hearts are not right with God and we need to do a little heart check. You know, we can find over, over and over and over again in the Bible, God telling us that the words that we speak can bring life, comfort, faith, wisdom, and healing to people. And that should always be our goal. On the other hand, our words can tear people down, destroy them, destroy our Christian witness, spread anger and hate. We can let our mouths be tools for God or tools for Satan. And every day, sometimes every moment of every day, we need to make a decision. What is my mouth going to be doing today? Is it going to benefit the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness? And I think if we thought about it, if we thought about it more, we'd think about, you know, we want our, our mouths to benefit the kingdom of God. In Ephesians 4.29, Ephesians 4.29 in the New King James Version, it says that no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So uh, God is giving us instructions about what is supposed to be coming out of our mouths. Uh, no corrupt word, only things that are good for building people up and imparting grace to people. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. That's a powerful scripture that has to do with our hearts, what's in our hearts, it what comes out of our mouth. And, and, and God is giving us instructions about what we're supposed to do. God is telling us, he's informing us, he's instructing us, he's commanding us about what we should say and what we shouldn't say. This, is inclu this includes what we say on social media or on text or on videos or on emails. You know, um, you might say, well, I don't do it. I don't talk bad about people. I don't say angry and hurtful and, and things that stir people up. But you follow people, uh, uh, you know, on social media who do the opposite of God's word, who are derogatory, who are vengeful, hateful. And I'll guarantee you, if you follow them, if you listen to them, you will become like them. So 
you know, it talks about in Ephesians 4.29, it says, do not let, let no corrupt communication or word proceed out of your mouth. But what does that mean? What does that mean? That means bad. <laughs> so we're giving more insight into this in the Amplified Bible, in the same scripture, in Ephesians 4.29, in the Amplified, it says, let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace or God's favor to those who hear it. Now that gives you a, a, a fresh outlook on what comes out of your mouth, how important it is that we're to be imparting good and beneficial things to people to help them in their spiritual progress. Um, and wouldn't it be lovely to be around people that were like this? Um, it would just be lovely. And, and my goal would be to be like this, to have words of, of, of that would be bringing spiritual progress to other people. In Matthew 12, 33 in the NIV, and we read part of this earlier, Matthew 12, 33 in the NIV, it says, make a tree good by its fruit, uh, make a tree good and its fruit fruit will be good or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad for a tree is recognized from a from uh its fruit so now what we're talking about is if your heart is good your mouth will be good your words will be good if your heart is bad your words and your actions of both will be bad you brood of vipers how can you who are evil say anything good for out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks so how is your heart revealed? It's through your words. 35. The good man brings out good things from the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. You know, this is in the New Testament. You know, some people try to portray that the New Testament is only about grace and forgiveness, but it also is about our Christian responsibilities, and it's about how God judges things. And our words show whether we are headed to heaven or hell because our words are totally and completely connected to our heart, and our heart is either faith-filled or not faith-filled. It's filled with good things or bad things. So just keep that in mind, you know, is my heart portraying that I'm a, am I redeemed, grace-filled uh, child of God who's saved from the depths of hell? Or are my words showing that I belong in hell or I'm like the people in hell? My words need to portray that I'm a Jesus follower. So anyway, let's go to Galatians 5.13. Galatians 5.13 in the New Living Translation. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And I've heard people, you know, they, they cuss somebody out or they get angry and speak, speak harsh words and they said, oh, well, you know, I'm covered by grace. You know, Jesus washed all that away. And it's not that simple, my, my, my dear ones. It's, um, we're not supposed to use that freedom to satisfy our sinful nature. And in other words, to just, just mouth off at people. We aren't given that freedom. It says, in, instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. 
For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So our goal should never be to destroy anybody. Jesus' goal was to redeem people, and that should be our goal too. So let's continue reading the scripture, keeping in mind our, our, our words and what we say. Verse 16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. How many of you have ever, you know, had that struggle on the inside of you, good against evil? You know, I want to do what's not good, but, you know, God's telling what's not good, what's evil, but God is, you know, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God is prompting me to do what's right, and it can be a struggle because we want sometimes to according to our words, we want some time to just tell people what we think or maybe make fun of people or bully people or deride people. But there's a struggle in there. You know, keep your mouth shut, you know, just say words that are good and, and, and lovely. Um, let's see. Uh, do, do, do. Verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, and division, um, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Again, it's talking about uh, our eternal judgment, our eternal destiny, our eternal home. And it's so, so, so important. You know, it's always, always, always been around since since there have been people on the earth. You know, uh, the the desire, the propensity to, to deride people or talk bad about people, you know, or say ugly things about, you know know people but you know it just seems like you know in my lifetime people feel so much more free to vent these ugly things whether it be about their family or neighbors or businesses or people in public life remember derogatory name calling is a lazy and childish way of addressing issues and problems christians with the holy spirit dwelling in them should do better than that and like uh Let's just, let's just take parenting, for example. Calling your child a name is a really, really lazy way of parenting and a really childish way of parenting. You know, if your child, let's say your child is, you know, not doing the, you know, is, is maybe has lazy tendencies, you don't call that child lazy. You teach that child how to be a hard worker and how to, you know, <clears throat> get out of maybe those bad habits and bad tendencies they have, but you don't call them a derogatory name. Whenever you see someone calling people or a group of people derogatory names, it just means that they're trying to brand those people. It's kind of a, a way to get people on your own side and make yourself look better. 
um, and it's not really a mature way to address problems. Um, you know, I talked about parenting. You could talk about your employees. You know, are you calling your employees or your coworkers names or using derogatory terms toward them? Are you really addressing a problem you have with them in a constructive way or with a, a spouse? You know, you could, you know, people call their spouses derogatory names instead of creating an atmosphere for personal growth, creating an atmosphere where God can really work by addressing problems in a mature and spiritual and a intelligent way. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Now, this is the opposite of what we talked about earlier in uh, this scripture. Um, love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful to be around people <clears throat> that all their words uh, reflected these qualities, these qualities of the Holy Spirit ruling and, and, and filling our lives? Verse 24, those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature, including an evil tongue, to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives, including our spoken and written words are so important. Now, you know, I myself and we as humans are experts at justifying our own evil behavior. We talk, we can talk nicely at work, but not at home. Or we can talk nicely at home, but not on the foot, at the football game are nicely at the restaurant, but we are waiting in line <clears throat> at the license office. Or maybe we talk nicely about somebody and then on social media, we talk really bad about other people. You know, it's just, we need to be consistent in our in the quality of our speech. <clears throat> in the past several years, many Christians feel it is okay to use evil spirits to try to, in their own minds, save our country. But, in, in their attempt to save the country, they're causing the country to go down the tubes because Christians are acting like the devil. That is when, you know, what is it when you hear Christian people chanting, lock her up or hang Mike Pence, or deriding people by calling them a litany of derogatory names? You know, it's just, just not uh, a good Christian witness, and it's not our mission on this earth is, is not that. Um, you know, I found that when you're around people or you look up to people or you follow people that uh, that call people names, that, that uh, lie about people, that mock people, uh, you become exactly like that person. And the person I want to be around and I want to follow is Jesus Christ, him only, and people that uh, emulate him. You know, it's really, really, really interesting if you really think about it that a lot of the people that were saying these things that I said claim to be very, very, very religious or evangelical Christians or born-again, spirit-filled Christians or Bible-believing Christians. Many of them carry their Bibles around with them. But it's interesting to note that it was the religious people of Jesus' day that were leading the crowds yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him about Jesus. And I need to think, need, we all need to think about who we are emulating. Who are we trying to be like? What are we trying to accomplish on this earth? And our, as Christians, our main 
accomplishment on this earth is not to develop a natural kingdom. It's to develop a spiritual kingdom. And we found in the time that Jesus was here on the earth and the time leading up to his arrival that this was a real issue with the Jews. They were looking for a Messiah that was going to bring about a natural kingdom that was going to overthrow the Roman Empire that was going to uh, bring them, you know, utopia or whatever in for the Jews, a natural kingdom, a, a, a military leader, a political leader that was going to save Israel. And so many of them just totally and completely missed our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, because they were looking for the wrong kind of thing for their country. You know, these things that I was talking about are totally and complete, completely outside of the guidelines, scripture commands of a Christian speech. You know, if you disagree with a person, you disagree with what they're doing, uh, you disagree with a person's actions or character or policy, express it in a loving kind and intelligent and a mature spiritual way. You know, as I said before, it takes no wisdom, no depth of character, no human compassion to call people names. You know, we teach our children not to call people names, not to bully people, you know, their friends, their neighbors, the people in school. We don't want teachers bullying our children, but then we turn around and we bully people, um, call people names, you know, that we disagree with, you know, maybe in public life or our workplace, or I've even heard of uh, problems, you know, with Christian people, you know, losing their temple and bullying people like at the deli counter or, 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 you know, a cashier someplace. And that's not the way a Christian should conduct themselves and connect their heart to their mouth. You know, their heart is supposed to be full of love and compassion. Philippians 2.3 in the NLT, Philippians 2.3, it says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. If you have this attitude, you know, you know, let me start again. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. You know, if we think that way, just think about, if we have that attitude, we'll never bully anybody. We'll be building them up. Verse four, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You know, there is nothing more important than, um, than our Christian witness. That is, you know, we should always keep that in mind. You know, is this person, is this group of people seeing Jesus in me? Are they seeing somebody who is vengeful, hateful, uh, uh, angry, you know, something like that? Colossians 4, 5 says, live wisely among those who are not believers. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. You know, we have to remember, as I said, our most important assignment on this earth is to love and be witnesses for Jesus Christ. That can only be accomplished through love for all people and an emphasis on sharing the good news. So that needs to be our emphasis. If your own words have strayed from these guidelines that I've talked about you know, I just encourage you to check your own heart and see what's in your heart. If the love of God is reigning and ruling in your heart, you know, uh, I just encourage you to go before the Lord if it's not and, and repent of that. Ask him to purify and cleanse your heart and, and, and 
fill your heart with compassion. Start studying in the Bible about God's love, the, the way that Jesus conducted himself, the way the New Testament says we should speak and think in our hearts. Just repent and, and ask God for your for his forgiveness and, and determine in your heart to change. Now, just as, just as a disclaimer, this doesn't mean that you can't address issues and problems, you know, in your life, but I just encourage you to do it in an honorable, honorable way. So um, I hope you've learned from this. I hope this helps you. I hope this reminds you to, to watch, you know, I, I think there's a song that goes, oh, be careful little eyes what you see and then be careful what you, little ears what you hear and be careful little mouth what you say. So I just encourage you, be careful little mouth what you say. Just think about that as you go about your your days ahead and weeks ahead that, you know, our mouths are to be a vessel for the Holy Spirit to speak words of life into people. And I just encourage you, um, uh, there'll be a link below uh, in the description for Pastor Terry's sermon on what about political prophecies. He's, he's encouraged everyone to listen to that. Um, if not once, but twice or three times about the upcoming elections. It'll be really, really beneficial to you and and clear up some things that, that maybe you have questions about. So I just encourage you to do that. And hey, if you've never uh, become a Christian, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never, like I said earlier, you know, believed in your heart and, and spoke with your mouth that Jesus raised him from the dead, I encourage you to do that today. The Bible says we're to repent or turn away from our sins and place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and confess it with your mouth. That just means, Jesus Christ, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I, I trust in you to forgive my sins and I put my total faith and trust in you. The Bible says you will be saved. And I just encourage you to turn to the Lord today and repent of your sins and ask for his, his forgiveness and I hope you do that. And hey, let us know uh, what you're thinking. Um, if these messages help you, let us know. Share them, like them, and uh, tell other people about them. And we'll see you. Uh, Pastor Terry will be back on Sunday morning to share another great message from the Word of God. Bye-bye. <laughs>